Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series recapping Game 1. This is our instant reactions. I'm Brett Rutherford, joined by Danny Russell and Jim Turvey. The Rays just wrapped up a 3-1 to victory over the Toronto Blue Jays in the wild card round. And we are recording literally moments after that victory. Gentlemen, what are your feelings after that win? I mean, they didn't make it easy. <laughs> no, I mean, we weren't expecting it to be, were we? It was sketchy there for a moment. I mean, yeah. it was sketchy there every inning once Blake Snell <laughs> left the game. It, it, I felt like it was like the seventh inning, and I'm like, there's, there's no reason I should be feeling this confident. It's a one-run game. And for some <laughs> and reason – you were right. <laughs> right. But for some reason at that point in the game, I'm like, oh, there's no way we, we blow this. We've got the bullpen fully rested. You've got the full A team. The stable is ready to go. And, and they were ready to go. Um, but Blake Snell, let's talk about him first because, I mean, he was incredible tonight. He goes, I think, five and two-thirds innings was the final line. Strikes out nine, I want to say. And uh, those stuff first five amazing. innings, it was a no-hitter. It was. It was. It Jim, was. I'm interested in your review uh, of Snell's performance. I think what stood out to me the most was the curveball. Snell has a great curveball, but tonight – I mean, the Blue Jays hitters, the first time through the lineup, when they saw it, they just froze. They had no idea what to do. And then the second time through the order, they try swinging at it, and then they just failed miserably. Uh, He might as well have gone full Morton tonight. (laughs) He could have been a curveball specialist. He would have mowed him down even more effective, but it was a no-hitter. I mean, the curveball was amazing, but I think, honestly, I was chuckling. I had to chuckle, too. He was was throwing the changeup more than it seemed like he's ever thrown before, and it was was pretty good. He was – he was mixing it in. The, the, the curveball is where he was getting his, his punch shots for sure. But I think he had like a 3-1 changeup. It seemed like he was just like – he knew that the, the Jays had seen him, what, twice this year. He, he knew that – I mean, we always talk about the, the Chris Archer disease of only having two real pitchers, pitches to go to as a starter. It seemed like he knew he had that third pitch in the bag just to keep them on their toes. And I'm, it was amazing. I, I, it, was, it was some of the best snell that we've seen uh, in a while. And with that being said, it was – what maybe his best start of the year they pulled him in the sixth inning at 74 pitches and they decide to go give the ball to Diego Castillo he gets out of that inning then gives up a run in the next inning or it it was credited to him Mm -hmm. I I don't know I have mixed feelings I think in the moment you can be very happy or you can be very upset that they pulled Snell but uh you know that's also looking back in hindsight like Snell could have stayed out there and given up a home run on the very next at bat. And you always want to pull the pitcher and the Rays have been good at this before they give up the big hit. And at the end of the day, now that the Rays have the victory locked up, I'm happy that Snell was pulled when he was. And you put your trust in the bullpen that that's gotten the Rays to where they are. It's going to be interesting to see what the approach is for game two, because the Rays treated every moment after Snell left the game, like it was high leverage. We went to Castillo then we went to Anderson. Anderson pitched his longest outing of the year. And that's post an, a trip to the injured list. Uh, I mean, shouldering a heavy load. I love uh, Darby Robinson made a comment uh, in our Slack chat that uh, when Anderson got into the jam that he got in, he was like, oh, man, it's time to call in Nick Anderson. And that's exactly <laughs> what Cash did. He left Anderson in because that's the Rays' best reliever. And then – Pete Fairbanks followed, got his first career save. Uh-huh. And so now you're sitting here being like, well, dang, who, who pitches tomorrow? 
Uh, are we getting Sugar Shane? Or are we getting Ryan Thompson? None of these guys that pitch tonight can go tomorrow. Castillo, maybe. Master. 14 pitches. Class from, from Cash. I'll throw it to you in one second, Brett. I thought it was a master class from Cash. I, I was so impressed. I thought every time he, he needed to, to pull the pitcher, he did. I, I, I thought – I know I, I'm not even just saying this in hindsight. I thought uh, I thought it was pretty perfect from from Cash all night to to get the guy out before the big hit instead of after. No, in they did play it like it was a do or die game. But in a three game series, that's almost the case. If you lose tonight, it's an elimination game for the next two nights. So yeah, I mean maybe Castillo could go. He threw 14 pitches. I doubt it. Uh, and maybe if they see a chance in a close game that he can seal the series and give everyone else a night off of rest. But you definitely won't see Anderson tomorrow. Fairbanks probably not. Um, they had Aaron Loop warming up. Let's talk about Shane McClanahan, though. He was a last-minute inclusion on the roster. We didn't see him tonight. Do you guys think he goes tomorrow at any point? I mean, I would think so. I think – well, I, let's think about what happens with Tyler Glass now, right? If this mm-hmm. ends up being a great outing and there's a four-run lead in the seventh, yeah, sure, Shane McClanahan's going to get his chance. And the higher the number of runs that you get, the greater odds he, he will have for entering the game. But we can't predict anything at this point. Right. We've never seen Shane McClanahan pitch, and neither have the Blue Jays for that matter. And neither have any other baseball team we've ever faced. We've also never seen three game series with three games in three days. So uh, you're right. We, we, no one knows what on earth is going to happen. And uh, I, I think I, I, I agree with Brett there that, that it, he – that Cash was treating this like a, a do or die game in, in part because it kind of has to be. You go down one nothing in this series and reuse on the mound tomorrow, I'd, I'd be getting pretty nervous. So I, I, I think he, he did what he had to, and it's, it's like the corny sports cliche, but you, you get the win today to, to worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, you know? There's a bunch more guys. We're going to talk about Willie Adamas. We can talk a little bit more about Manuel Margot, who came up in the clutch. Um, before we get to that, Charlie Montoya, the, some of the decisions he made leading up to this game and in this game, I think put the Blue Jays at a disadvantage tonight. And it's a three-game series. You, you, you know a lot of these decisions are going to be very marginal in terms of whether or not they win the game. But first off, he did not go with Hinjin Ryu. He went with Matt Shoemaker. We're going to see Ryu tomorrow, so he is still going to start in this series. But you go with Shoemaker instead of Ryu when you would see Taewon Walker tomorrow. So you get Shoemaker for three innings and then Robbie Ray, who still – I mean, he looked good. Gave up one run, but struck out five and only walked one. And the biggest problem with Robbie Ray is the walks. But still, is, is that a decision that, that Charlie Montoya should have been making in what is essentially like almost an elimination game? Now they've got, a, they've got their backs against the wall. Uh, the, the other decision was uh, to pinch hit uh, Joe Panic for Jonathan VR. And then Panic ended up having the last out of the game. Again, a very marginal decision, you know, one or two plate appearances. But Charlie Montoya, I felt like he wasn't really helping Toronto out tonight. So I thought, I thought the the in game maneuvers. I agree with you. I, I really didn't like that that panic pinch hit at that moment. Um, I think you, panic in general is not bad. That's gonna really you want in the lineup coming around more than once. I th- I I didn't mind the the shoemaker move though. I think it's kind it's it's kind of the 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 swing for the fences move and. It, like it's a it's a mentally swing for the fences move and that it could it could if Toronto steals game one now you're feeling better for game two and honestly percentages wise maybe it's on the margin so as the underdog I think you maybe do some funky stuff like that and 
Shoemaker and, and Ray combined, it, it wasn't them who gave up the game today. So I, I not to, to base it on one start or anything, but I didn't mind the, the pregame stuff, but I, I do agree that the in-game maneuvers uh, could have been a little bit better. And ultimately with Ryu, it's up to Montoya to know his pitcher. And if he thinks Ryu is going to give a better performance with that extra day of rest, I mean, that's between a player and his coaches. And it's up to the organization to make that call. And when every game is critically important, is it great to have Ryu start out a three-game series? Yes. In an elimination game, who would the Blue Jays love to call on? Also Ryu. Mm-hmm. So I don't. it doesn't bother me either way. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're uh, you know, picking, nitpicking here with, with the decisions made by Charlie Montoya. And ultimately, I don't know if it made a difference in tonight's game. Yoshi Tutsugos hits in the leadoff spot like we predicted yesterday with a right-handed pitcher uh, on the playoff preview pod. But we see that spot, the number one spot, get pinch hit for twice in this game. Hunter Renfro comes in for an at-bat. He strikes out. And then G-Man Choi comes in later on in the game. With this number one spot, with Ryu on the mound tomorrow, are we expecting something similar with Yanni Diaz taking the leadoff spot and, and getting pinch hit for as soon as Ryu is out, is out of the game? And they put it, assuming they bring in a right-handed pitcher. Yes. The short answer is yes. Uh, I agree. I, I can't imagine Yandy Diaz is not going out there and batting leadoff. Um, and as the designated hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's coming off of injury, and I don't, I don't see a real reason to, you know, make that kind of risk if you don't have to. When you have the roster flexibility, when you have dudes like Brasso, who will probably also get a start and is also coming off of injury. Again, we're talking about – Players and coaches having a relationship, making the best call. Assuming all those people are healthy, Brasso takes the field. Diaz, you know, maybe rests up a little bit by by not taking the field, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then the last managerial decision I'll, I'll ask you guys about. Um, Nate Lowe, bit of a rough night at the plate tonight. G-Man Choi did not get to start at first base. Kevin Cash noted that him and Yanni Diaz haven't been on their feet for nine innings in a long time, and that, he thought, was huge. So, G-Man Troy, we did see him off the bench, but maybe not even given Nate Lowe's performance. But with G-Man Troy now getting an at-bat tonight, maybe Kevin Cash feels he's ready to go. Could you sw- see a switch there at, at first base, Jim? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too surprised. I, I don't want to overreact to one to one game, and I am a, I'm a pretty big Nate Lowe guy, but he did, he did seem a little, little overwhelmed in today's game. Um, I, I think maybe you do the same thing where you, you start with Choi, um, and you have Nate Lowe as, as a, a nice pinch hit option off the bench uh, should you want one in the later innings. But that's talking about game three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, well, yeah. If, if you've might, might not need there, a game three. That's my right. point. You're, you're hoping. You're hoping. Yeah. With that, with, with the left. Can we talk about the Rays offense that did perform today? Because that's I good. am out of my mind for Randy. Randy. <laughs> Randy, the professional. Randy who MLB.com tried to call the 19th best prospect after he was acquired by the Rays. Randy Rosarena, who is a freaking stud. He is the star of this team. He also got lifted for Brett Phillips later in the game. But holy Moses, you got to be kidding me. Making catches in left field, ranging catches look easy as pie. That triple and then stealing mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. when well, it's a locked up. zero to zero game. That's a double for for ninety five percent of the league, and, and if he's not hustling out of the box, that's a double. He stole that third base, and he doesn't come around unless 
unless he takes that extra base. I, the the Rand, this is the the Randy uh, Love Choir over here, but man, I love, he he's already a top three ready in my mind. You're you're looking at a guy that we we talk about the postseason, how it's not a large sample size, how everything can be can seem very marginal, but you've got a player like Randy and the performance he had tonight, where those marginal things that he contributes to the team on defense, on the base pass, at the plate, that can make or break your postseason run. And, I mean, what an amazing start. Game one of the first round, uh, Randy Rosarena with an, with an amazing game, some amazing defense. Uh, I want to see him batting in the top four tomorrow. I think Somewhere he has in to the be. top four. I think he has to be. And maybe even second. Maybe you move B-Lau down to third. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of something on the Steel of Home that's – we have to talk about because there's a difference in catchers. Each of them had a crucial moment, a crucial play where the catcher uh, saw the ball get away from him and he needed to respond mm-hmm. on the Blue Jays side and on the race side. And on the Blue Jays side, it was that steal of home. Mm-hmm. And Jansen has the, uh, the ball. It's a pass ball. It goes through his legs. It kind of nicks off to the side. And where does Jansen look? He doesn't look for the ball. Mm-hmm. He turns and looks back at Randy. Yep critical error that mm. split second is what allows Randy the time to get down and, and steal a base. And I love that, that fear factor that's clearly right. in there too. Uh, you know, Jano's, you know, instincts betrayed him there. Zanino, there's this crazy moment where the ball skips yes. to the side. I think it was on a strikeout, not mm. on a, not on a walk. Um, and right. he took this, uh, circuitous route if you will well it was rolling up the third baseline it was rolling up and he ran left of the first baseline he started running toward the blue jays dugout curves around uh like in a semicircle picks up the ball stretched out to his side and whips it to first base for the out and the whole time i'm sitting there being like that is a margin play that matters in the playoffs Mm -hmm. that complete lack of hesitation you know Zeno Zanino was not getting a lot of calls when it comes to trying stealing strikes and and framing things up tonight but he was definitely showing some solid defense when it came to fielding and I'm good with that well that was while, a huge- while we're on defense we've got to talk about him the franchise shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays Willie Adonis <laughs> three amazing plays in the field maybe even four I, I lost count um, I said it earlier on I think on Twitter and, and on our Slack chat but it feels so dang good to have a franchise shortstop that you know is going to be here for, for at least a few more years. I don't, I, you could argue that the Rays have never had that. You know, they've had Julio Lugo and Jason Bartlett, but never a guy that you know is going to be here for, for three or four plus years. And it feels so good to have that with Willie Adamas. We saw it last year. Last year's postseason was really his coming out party. This could be the sequel to that this year, and it's, it, it's exciting stuff. He just makes it look so easy to, I mean, those, those three plays that he made tonight were not easy plays and it's, it's, he makes it look easy. And it, 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 I can't say more than you said, honestly, because you, you encapsulated it perfectly. It's just such a nice feeling. Just have that stud there at arguably the most important position on the field, making play after play after play for a team that relies on run prevention uh, like mm-hmm. the Rays do. It's, it's couldn't be more important. Not a single play was in doubt when no. Willie was fielding the ball. Not at all. It, it, it's really fun. We could talk about the Rays' defense and mention multiple players in the team and not mention Kevin Kiermaier, who's usually <laughs> the first player that comes to mind when you think of Rays' defense. But 
an, an, an incredible win, uh, a close game, a game that I probably should have felt more nervous than I thought, a game that you guys were probably feeling a lot more nervous than I was. But, you know, with, with the Rays' defense and the pitching staff that they've got, these are games that I, I expect them to win. And it, and it felt comfortable in a way, even though they had the tying run at the plate there to end the game. Um, but any, any final thoughts on this one, guys? I mean, we need to talk about Manuel Margot. He had oh, one very good moment run. and one uh, questionable moment. Yeah. Very <laughs> good moment. Let's go to that first. Holy crap, 101 miles an hour off the bat. No doubt or home run. Almost 390 feet to left field. He had one home run during the regular season, mm-hmm. and he smoked that ball. It was, it was a frozen rub. I, I mean, I can't believe I forgot about it, which I guess speaks to how well the Rays did in all other facets of the game tonight. Because uh, that really was the, the biggest hit. Randy the defining hit, mark but... of a Rays fan. You felt like talking about defense before the home run. I like I mean, <laughs> The Rays had four hits, and, and, and that was the, uh, one of two extra base hits. So it, it's easy for that to go by the wayside, even though it was such, such a big hit and such a big moment, and it really sealed the deal. I mean, it, it was a, a one nothing game. Until that happened, the Blue Jays ended up getting one on the board in the eighth. And, uh, you know, right. And let's talk about that run because that was also Margot. Yeah. He had his moment (laughs) to just make it the Manuel Margot game. This could have been, he could have dominated the storyline with a great throw to to home plate because it was rowdy effing Telez running from third base like a boulder running down a hill that's like a five-degree gradient. Like, I'm talking just slowly chugging a home plate. It did not take a hyper-competitive throw to get Rowdy Telez trying to cross home plate. No. And it was halfway up the third baseline. <laughs> not, not great. Uh, but, hey, good for, Mar- I mean, good for Margot to pick up the big hit. Yesterday, I think we, we might have even predicted Phillips to start over him. Phillips got in the game late. Randy as a defensive replacement, but Margot will forgive you for the throw because he came up with the big hit and that ultimately was the winner for the Rays. So yeah, the Rays win game one, three to one. Um, You're probably going to be listening to this on Wednesday morning. The Rays play again today at four o'clock Eastern time. It's going to be a Hinjin Ryu on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays and Tyler Glass now on the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll be recording an instant reaction for this game as well. Um, But Thank you guys for listening. This is going to be a fun playoff run. Hopefully we get to do many of these. Thank you to Jim and Danny for, for hopping on. And uh, if you want these every day after every Rays playoff game, make sure to hit subscribe and they'll be downloaded directly to your device. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.